0: have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive and now the founder of with a twist Amber Scotchburn good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are around the world this is Amber Scotchburn live on Facebook and recording on my podcast for parenting with a twist and today we're on episode five of 13 reasons why not and this was a spin-off of the popular Netflix show called 13 reasons why and I took it upon myself <laughs> with my years of experience, as well as my reaching out to people and what I'm hearing back, is that 13 Reasons Why was creating um, a sensation and was it good? Was it bad? Um, our take on it is that kids are going to be watching it and because it's on Netflix, because it's so accessible. And so we are suggesting watching it, watching it eyes wide open and listening to our series. If you're um, on podcasts or watching it on Facebook, um, either live or just in the recorded pieces to get some perspective on what's going on and what are some reasons why not that somebody would choose not to take their lives. So quick recap on that, 13 reasons why, for those of you that may not know, is a Netflix series about a girl named Hannah Baker who takes her life. It's a very graphic series in that they show her taking her life. They also show uh, two scenes of rape and uh, there's alcohol abuse, there's bullying, there's cyberbullying, bullying, um, and the list goes on as to what is contained in that show. Our perspective is a little bit different than some of the school perspectives that are out there. Um, at least in North America, the school perspectives have been suggesting not to watch it. Um, and our perspective is, like I mentioned, a little bit different in that we think children are already watching it, and we feel that let's educate ourselves about it so that we are going in, I call it I call it eyes wide open, or being informed is another way to say it. Um, our episodes so far have been a recap of the show We've done, I did an episode with my son who is newly turned 17 and his perspective on the show and his perspective on mental illness um, as he's experienced it um, and his perspective on school, I believe was touched on too. We've done an episode on school and maybe what their responsibility could be um, when a situation like Hannah Baker's from 13 Reasons Why happens. And we've talked about the response that I was getting from parents and some of their overwhelming questions that I was getting uh, repeatedly. So we did an episode on that as well. So today's episode is going to be on anxiety, um, what that looks like and feels like for some people, and then how that can go beyond anxiety into feeling as though Hannah did in Thirteen Reasons Why, uh, we're going to give you the perspective. Thirteen Reasons Why not? What we can do about that anxiety? I'm coming at it from a couple different viewpoints. One being the fact that I am a parent. <laughs> the second being the fact that I um, have had, oh goodness, I'd give away my age, I guess. Like. Uh, 20 years um, plus of working with parents, um, being a social worker, and then I was a teacher, and now I'm a tutor agency CEO, and within those realms I've always dealt with parents. Um, Being a parent myself has obviously offered a whole other layer, a whole other bunch of perspectives to that. Um, To that end I wrote a parenting book (laughs) this past year called Parenting with a Twist, hence the Parenting with a Twist podcast name and Facebook live name. Um, So that's what we're talking about today, anxiety and, and what that looks like. And What I wanted to start with is basically that we, if you kind of picture a circle, so those of you that are on podcast, you can picture the circle. Those of you that are on Facebook, I'm just kind of holding my hands in a circle. we picture a circle, right? And we can picture over here, outside of the circle, um, our stars, our wish, our hopes, our dreams, okay? So if this is the circle, this is our stars, our hopes, our wishes, our dreams. To remove ourselves from the circle and, you know, work towards the star that's outside of the circle, there is actually going to be a certain amount of anxiety that comes alongside that. That might look like a racing herd. It might look like some flip-flops in your tummy or butterflies. Um, it may look like... Um, you know, redness flushing to the face, you may sweat, (laughs) you may think, I'm not going to step out of my comfort zone, my circle, what I know to reach for that star. And so what happens is that sometimes we don't embrace that. So, and we put up these walls around it, which helps us to stay in the comfort of our circle. And what then happens too, is there's a little bit of a Misnomer or miscommunication almost with ourselves as to the fact that that is just anxiety. And anxiety in and of itself is not a bad thing. It can be a super motivator. Um, What happens is, as I've mentioned in past podcasts and Facebook Live videos, is when it becomes a pattern. So we're in this circle of our comfort and we want to step out. Let's take riding a bike as an example. Sometimes I use learning to walk, but lots of us don't remember that. But if we take riding a bike, okay, so the riding the bike is is the star. We're inside our circle. Well, what happens with that is that we actually have to get on the bike physically, (laughs) which could put us out of our comfort zone right but then maybe we have our parents standing around us our neighborhood friends um, we have some training wheels on the bike um, these days now we've got helmets you can even put elbow and and um, knee pads on and probably people wouldn't even say anything because that's our that's where our society is at right now but so okay so outside the comfort zone, we're going to get on this bike and we're going to ride it. And as I mentioned, we'll have some parent support. Maybe we've added some training wheels. Perhaps we've adjusted the seat. Uh, maybe one child adds some something to their spokes to make it kind of more personalized. And they have their helmet on. And they're ready to go down the street. And they start going down the street. And as anticipated, perhaps they lose control a little bit. I know when my eldest son was learning and he... Just wanted me hands off. He rode into the hydro box, he rode into a pole, a pretty sure car- a parked car. Um, so, you know, people's grass, I don't know, different things. And it depends on our reaction to that because that's normal, right? It would be normal for him to get on and make a mistake, but how we react to that dictates whether he's going to get back on that bike and ride it again. And I'm using the bike riding example because I'm hoping you can relate to that. If you can't, then perhaps choose a different uh, event that you remember trying for the first time. And again, an event that doesn't just come to you naturally, you actually have to do it repeatedly to, to get better at it or even to be able to do it sometimes in riding, the case of riding a bike. So I want to introduce you to a concept called mistake. I've shared it perhaps in a past video or podcast, um, and I do it in all my workshops. But basically, it's a clapperboard, if you think about that, from the movies. And what happens in a movie is that, let's say the person has their idea, which is again that circle, and they're like, oh, I want to do create this movie. And over here, the star that we talked about at the beginning is the actual movie on the screen. Well, it doesn't just happen, right? There's lots of ups and downs for that movie to get to the screen. And there's lots of takes, lots of mistakes. So, spelling mistakes, M-I-S-S, space, takes. <laughs> and this is what I want you to think of and help teach your children to think of when they're going to try something new. This doesn't just have to be a child that has anxiety or has anxiety-like behaviors. It could be for anybody. Um, But especially for somebody that you're noticing some anxiety behaviors where it's starting to stop what they want to do. So what happens is in that case is you're looking at it as a pattern, right? So uh, uh, anxiety is okay. Anxiety in and of itself is perfectly normal and okay. The racing heart, the sweating, when you're going to try something new or something you've been trying for a little bit and you haven't been successful at it, anxiety is okay. We just don't want it to be a pattern and then it stops you from trying new things. So one of the techniques is a clapperboard. And um, for those of you that are on listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see this. But picture putting your um, left hand straight out, your right hand straight up, and kind of bringing them together and making a clap. So that's the sound you heard. And if you can do that, either in your head or actually physically do it and you give your child that tool or yourself that tool that all right so i've tried something it wasn't successful the first time it was simply a take take one and and it might take two takes it might take a hundred takes it might take ten thousand takes right depending on what theories you read and who you read when you become an expert at something but it does take several takes so your child. Imagine the world that they're in in terms of education. Um, coming from a teaching background, working with my tutoring kids, lots of times, doing something not well at school is not praised. Um, I related in my book to imagine if your child got a test back or an essay back, and it, and, and it wasn't a great mark, but what was on it was a happy face. And as they went through, whether it was a test or an essay or a project, they were highlighting all the amazing things that were done and then some constructive criticism in that what could have been done differently. But just like the person who was riding the bike, you don't call them off their bike and suggest everything that they did wrong and not give them the opportunity to ride the bike again. You give them, maybe you adjust their seat, maybe you put training wheels on, maybe you take training wheels off, maybe you adjust their helmet because it was falling in their eyes. Um, Maybe you say, hey, you know what, maybe the sidewalk is a little too much for now, let's go to the track or let's go to the field with grass, right? We build in all these other things around them riding their bike and yet what happens often in the school system is we're sending them out into it and they're getting things back and It really doesn't have that comfort feeling of, wow, I did go out on a limb and try this. I reached for that star, but I'm going to just go back here now because actually I don't feel supported in failing. And that's what we need to come to. We need to teach our kids that it's totally okay to fail. I say to mine, fail early and fail often because the earlier you fail, the more I know what you don't know. And the more often you do it, I know you're learning all along the way because you're putting yourself out there and you're trying. And then either succeeding or not succeeding, and we kind of figure out what that looks like. I just wanted to also share that it takes six positive comments to undo a negative comment. Um, When you're looking at your child's papers that they're getting back from school, or the way that you speak to your child about something, think about that for a minute. I know that sometimes it's easier to focus on the negative or you're in a rush and you are picking out the negative, but you're going to need to start to change that mindset for yourself as a parent, Um, a teacher that's listening to this. I'll give you an example. My son worked tirelessly, grade five, on this project. He loved it. And it was like an intense, intense project. I think there was three different maps. One had to be topographical, I think is the word. One had to be political. And then one of their choice. Um, they had to have like a manifesto for the island. Um, they had to have the, who the people were on it, all the different resources and, and et cetera, et cetera. And this was a project to work on at home. And I saw how excited he was. And this was towards the beginning of the year. And um, and he did it. And he did it with such glee and and happiness and excitedness to hand this project in. And then he receives the project back And the majority of comments on it were what was wrong. And I'm not saying that we're in the thing where we shouldn't point things out that could have been improved upon. Um, But I am saying, hey, what the heck is happening with all that he did well? And, And when you're only writing those pieces, or that's the majority of pieces you're writing, what do you think the person is seeing? If you're speaking to your child a certain way, what are they hearing from you? So we really just want to emphasize that fact that it takes six positive to erase a negative. And when we're wondering why our kids don't want to try new things or potentially why they're having some anxiety, I'd invite you to look at that in their world. And if that's not, if school isn't creating the environment to fail, and to try things repeatedly and that that's okay and that eventually you'll master it, then they really need to be in outside activities. Um, So for instance, when uh, my bonus daughter takes dance, she starts in September, she finishes in June, and it's progression all the way through to the performance in June. They don't walk in in September, and if they don't know how to do a certain move, or they can't do the whole performance, then they're out. Nope. What they get to do is practice that every single week, and if they don't get it, guess what? They practice it again. Somebody in the group helps them. They position them differently. They take them aside and teach them a little bit more about it, and so uh, you really need to, if, you, if you're fearful at all of your child's anxiety, um, becoming a pattern and preventing them from doing things and then them being turned off from learning or being turned off from wanting to explore something new, then put them in something other than just school, which, like I mentioned, could be dance. Musical instruments is the same, right? You don't walk in there and know how to play. You have to build that skill up. Um, and you're going to want to find the right people to do that with your child. And that's going to be people that are going to build them up as they go through it. But what I want for you to also think about is, do you treat your child like they're just learning to ride a bike? Whatever they're doing. Could be learning a new chore in the house. It could be taking a new bus route. It could be simply doing homework. We talk about parents and homework all the time with the tutoring agency because my parents are like, why won't my kid just do it? Um. And there's a whole reason why. <laughs> Maybe I'll do one, just on homework. Um, but you know, we provide a checklist for our families because there are so many things that people just don't think about when they say, just do it. Some kids, they're gonna be of that nature to sit down and do it, and they're gonna know how to get organized. They're gonna make sure they have had some water or something to drink, or they're gonna be able to get up and do that and not be distracted and come back. Then there's other kids that aren't going to have that. But instead of saying, "We'll just do it," we never said to our kids, "We'll just go pick up the bike and just do it." More likely not. We provided some aids to them and we helped them through that. The other suggestion I want to have for you is: How long has it been since you've tried something new? Um, I sat at my bonus daughter's uh, performance dance performance two weeks ago. Now and. I was just like, I used to dance all the time and I miss it so much. So I've joined a hip-hop dance class. Am I going to look silly at certain points? I'm sure. Uh, Are there going to be certain moves that I'm pretty sure my body can't do at this point? Absolutely. But I'm going to keep going back because I want to try something new too. I want to put myself in that situation because I want to remember what those feelings are feeling like, whether it's the anxiety in the stomach, whether I'm sweating which will be one for me for sure. Uh, whether I think, oh, I don't think I can walk through that door. So, how often are you putting yourself in something new before just telling your kids, "We'll just do it"? Well, how often do you just do it? I'm just gonna hold up a mirror for those of you that are on my Facebook Live. For those of you that are on a podcast, you can just go look at a mirror after. But you know. Take a look in the mirror. What your children are experiencing are most likely going to be what um, you're showing them. So actually, probably a better image of that would be myself looking in the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror at myself and I'm wondering, you know, Amber, have you tried something new recently? (laughs) Um, When have you felt anxiety? What did you do about it? And that's the next key thing we wanna talk about is sharing your stories with your kids. Um, although they may roll their eyes, um, although they may, you know, make some jokes or something like that, there's lots of studies and research that show that kids actually really want to hear your stories. They want you to be humanized as a parent or as a teacher, somebody that's an adult in their world that humanizes them. It gives them connection. It helps them to understand. My grandfather passed away last week um and he was 97 and so he lived a great life um but there's a lot of emotion around that and so we were sitting around at the ti- that table the dinner table this table actually and we were talking about different stories about how my papa and mama grandparents met and um just some I don't know we were just sharing stories and anyways my partner got up he got dressed for soccer went to soccer came back from soccer and we were still sitting at the table sharing stories pretty much I was sharing and they were asking a bunch of different questions um and that's just an example but but why I'm giving you that example is because kids want to know, and not just because I'm saying it, but research and statistics say it too. And actually they say uh, kids that do that are, are, are much able, much more able to be social and understanding and empathetic of other people when they hear stories. So um, share stories with your kids about yourself, and it humanizes you, as I mentioned. The other thing, as I mentioned with the mirror, in case I missed that point, Because I was so focused on, I'm like, what am I pointing the mirror at? And I was pointing it at my banister, but I meant to be pointing it at myself. But the other important thing is kids are modeling what you do. You are their mirror. They are your mirror. So when they're doing something and you're like, hmm, where did they get that from? Chances are they got it from you. So look at how you deal with anxiety. Look at how you deal with something new. Look at how you talk to them and speak to them. Um, Look at how you're giving them opportunities other than just school to acquire a skill. Give them opportunities where it's safe to fail and it's okay to fail. Um, Share stories. And the last thing I'll leave you with is routines. Kids, uh, especially high anxiety kids, or higher anxiety kids need routine, they need structure, they actually reduce their anxiety by having that. So what do they need? They need uh, to know when they need to get out the door for school, they need to know what they need to have in their lunch bag, they need to know what their homework is. I'm not saying you need to do all of that stuff for them but they need to know that. And kids that have higher anxiety that potentially would end up being like a Hannah Baker and 13 Reasons Why are actually the kids that need it more than, than the kids that, that don't um, have those uh, maybe depression issues or anxiety issues or concerns and so sometimes what we think is especially for parenting a teenager we think oh let's not actually do that for them because we're sort of infringing on their personal space or they may not think it's cool or we're not going to be cool in their eyes or whatever the case is. Giving them as much structure as possible is helping their anxiety and also setting them up for life because we all need those skills for life. So I hope you enjoy today's Uh, 13 Reasons Why Not episode. Um, I wanted to mention that on Wednesday in Facebook Live World, uh, we are going to be having a guest star with us, Laura Lee Rosano, who is the author of a series of books on addiction. And she um, is going to speak to us because in the 13 Reasons Why, there was quite a bit of information, um, or not information, there was quite a bit of scenes that had to do with addiction. And addiction can lead to behaviors or feelings of suicide and anxiety, or they can cause the addiction. So either comes first, as well as they may lead to somebody feeling as though taking their life is their only option. And because we're doing 13 Reasons Why Not, to choose to make that choice. We want to bring in an expert. And um, along those lines, um, what I'm actually doing too is reaching out to other experts to see who else can provide different information and different thoughts on this so that um, we're getting a varied approach to 13 reasons why not so again this is amber scotchburn from parenting with a twist you can check us out on facebook we also have a website parenting with a twist and i have my handy book (laughs) parenting with a twist so you can feel free to pick that up it's at chapters across canada via indigo it's at the local chapters on vancouver island where i live it's also available on amazon in north america and europe and if you want it somewhere else around the world just let me know and I'm super excited to um, keep going with these episodes. The feedback we're getting is amazing and we're hearing from parents that are now actually looking at how they parent a little bit differently which is my hope. Um, We're hearing from kids that are saying hey thank you for that and maybe I'm going to actually use it to talk to my parents Um, and I've had some that are like yeah my sibling really needs this advice. So I'm going to pass it along to my parents so they can use it with them, which always makes me giggle because I do say to them, you know, once your parents start to use this stuff, they can use it on you too, not just on your siblings. So that's always a funny one. Um, and um, we're really grateful to be doing this and, and have you tuning in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. This is Amber Scotchburn signing out from Parenting with a Twist great to have you with me today at with a twist please don't forget to give me a five star rating on itunes that would be much appreciated as well as follow me on facebook at amber scotchburn thanks so much